Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, September 29th. According to the Jewish Hillel calendar, Sukkot this year falls on Friday, September 29th at sunset through Friday, October 6th through sunset. Shemini Atzeret, or the eighth day of assembly, immediately follows Sukkot and is observed as a separate holiday in the Diaspora. It falls on Friday, October 6th, sunset, through Saturday, October 7th, sunset. Sukkot is associated with the Gog-Magog War. In the Jewish Siddur prayer book for Sukkot, the traditional reading during Sukkot is Ezekiel 38.18 through Ezekiel 39.16. What is associated with the defeat of Gog-Magog? At the conclusion of the Battle of Gog-Magog, we see the end of the exile of Jacob. Yahweh's name is sanctified and glorified in the sight of many nations. It is the end of the exile for the house of Jacob. Yahweh regathers his people. The outpouring of his spirit happens. Yahweh's face is no longer hidden from them. As it is written in Ezekiel 39, verses 27-29, When I have brought them again from the people, and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God, Yahweh their Elohim, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But... I have gathered them unto their own land, and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them. For I have poured out my Spirit upon the house of Israel, says the Lord God. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today, we continue the Torah portion for Feast of Tabernacles. Joshua 1, 11-18 Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you a place of rest. He has given you this land. Your wives, children, and livestock may remain here in the land Moses assigned to you on the east side of the Jordan River. But your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest 
as he has given you rest, and until they too possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. Only then may you return and settle here, on the east side of the Jordan River, in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, assigned to you. They answered Joshua, We will do whatever you command us, and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses, and may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. Isaiah 57:15-59:21 The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this: I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. For I will not fight against you forever. I will not always be angry. If I were, all people would pass away, all the souls I have made. I was angry, so I punished these greedy people. I withdrew from them, but they kept going on their own stubborn way. I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort those who mourn, bringing words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace both near and far, says the Lord, who heals them. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still but continually churns up mud and dirt. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins, yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will get you anywhere with will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry, and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn, 
and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then, when you call, the Lord will answer, Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day, and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Your hands are the hands of murderers, and your fingers are filthy with sin. Your lips are full of lies, and your mouth spews corruption. No one cares about being fair and honest. The people's lawsuits are based on lies. They conceive evil deeds and then give birth to sin. They hatch deadly snakes and weave spiders' webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Whoever cracks them will hatch a viper. Their webs cannot be made into clothing, and nothing they do is productive. All their activity is filled with sin, and violence is their trademark. Their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. They think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They have mapped out crooked roads, and no one who follows them knows a moment's peace. So there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light but find only darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightest noontime we stumble, as though it were dark. Among the living we are like the dead. We growl like hungry bears. We moan like mournful doves. We look for justice, but it never comes. We look for rescue, but it is far away from us. For our sins are piled up before God and testify against us. Yes, we know what sinners we are. We know we have rebelled and have denied the Lord. We have turned our backs on our God. 
we know how unfair and oppressive we have been, carefully planning our deceitful lies. Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed, so he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm, and his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. He will pay them back even to the ends of the earth. In the West, people will respect the name of the Lord. In the East, they will glorify him, for he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. The Redeemer will come to Jerusalem to buy back those in Israel who have turned from their sins, says the Lord. And this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit will not leave them, and neither will these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and on the lips of your children and your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken. Philippians 1, 1-26 This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Yeshua from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his good work until it is finally finished on the day when Yeshua returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Yeshua. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Yeshua's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Yeshua, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. 
for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Yeshua is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Yeshua helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, because of what He is doing through me. Psalm 71, 1-24 O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me and rescue me, for you do what is right. Turn your ear to listen to me and set me free. Be my rock of safety where I can always hide. Give the order to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. My God, rescue me from the power of the wicked, from the clutches of cruel oppressors. O Lord, you alone are my hope. I've trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Yes, you have been with me from birth. From my mother's womb you have cared for me. No wonder I am always praising you. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and protection. That is why I can never stop praising you. I declare your glory all day long, and now in my old age don't set me aside. Don't abandon me when my strength is failing, for my enemies are whispering against me. They are plotting together to kill me. They say, God has abandoned him. Let's go and get him, for no one will help him now. O God, don't stay away. My God, please hurry to help me. Bring disgrace and destruction on my accusers. Humiliate and shame those who want to harm me. But I will keep on hoping for your help. 
I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power, though I am not skilled with words. I will praise your mighty deeds, O Sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Your righteousness, O God, reaches to the heavens. You have done such wonderful things. Who can compare with you, O God? You have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. You will restore me to even greater honor and comfort me once again. Then I will praise you with music on the harp, because you are faithful to your promises, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. I will shout for joy and sing your praises, for you have ransomed me. I will tell about your righteous deeds all day long, for everyone who tried to hurt me has been shamed and humiliated. Proverbs 24, 9 and 10 The schemes of a fool are sinful. Everyone detests a mocker. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Isaiah 57 through 59. And I want to zoom in on a couple of verses and then expand on them and unpack them. I want to zoom in on Isaiah 59, verses 14 and 15. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off, for truth is fallen in the street and justice cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. So now I want to just make that more practical, put some legs and feet on this. He's crying out because there's no justice. The courts are corrupt. Verse 14, our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. I want to reflect now with you about the January 6th political patriotic prisoners. A year ago, there were only 900 of them in the Washington, D.C. prison gulag. But now there are 1,200 of them. Recently, um, a news article was posted by the Gateway Pundit, and Jim Hoft, the editor-in-chief, has been very faithful to uh, expose the plight of the January 6th prisoners. This one particular political prisoner was interviewed. The headline reads, J6 political prisoner Barry Ramsey, I am on a mission to expose the DOJ for their 
prosecutor misconduct. This was published on September 21st in the Gateway Pundit. So recently, the Gateway Pundit reported back in August that January 6th political prisoner Barry Ramsey was stabbed in the face for watching Tucker Carlson in prison. In a letter to the Gateway Pundit, Barry sounded the alarm on the abuse he and other J6 defendants are enduring from bigoted correction officers while being detained for nearly two years. Barry shared what we, the January Sixers, went through at the Northern Neck Regional Jail was on so many levels, something I'm not sure I have enough ink in my pen or pages in my notebook to list them all. The amount of psychological, physical, and constitutional abuses that are have been occurring behind these walls is horrific. So recently he shared the following update with the Gateway Pundit. You always hear the system is corrupt and the system is broken. In fact, it is said so much that it has become a watered-down cliché, almost a meaningless cluster of words that are subconsciously accepted to be tried and true. And then you find yourself seated on the scales of justice with the finger of the DOJ on the opposite side of you. You will then see firsthand how true those statements actually are. So here is his story. It all started for me when I was arrested by the FBI in April of 2022. Back in January 6th of 2021, I, like many others of my country folk, participated in a protest in Washington, D.C. That day we came from many walks of life, from many parts of the country, for many different reasons. Some came to challenge the results of the 2020 election. Some came to only hear President Trump speak. And if you were like me, you went for one reason and one reason only, to protect women, children, and elderly from left-wing radical hooligans who spent the last four years attacking those kinds of people if they dared to wear a red hat bearing the statement, Make America Great Again. None of us went there to riot, engage in any armed insurrection, attack police officers, or overthrow the government. Yet these are what labels the Department of Justice, along with their counterparts on CNN and MSNBC, would claim to the American people. In fact, where I was located, we were peacefully singing the national anthem before Capitol Police started shooting rubber bullets and lobbing concussion grenades at our heads. At my first hearing in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I would get my first glimpse on not only the unconstitutional behavior of the DOJ, but the lengths they will go to lie to create false narratives to produce the outcomes they desire with the judges that work for them as well. Before you have a bond hearing to determine whether you are to remain in jail or be released prior to your trial, you meet with a person who calculates certain factors to make that determination, such as criminal history, do you have a home, do you have family support, do you have a job, are you a flight risk or are you a threat to society, and so on. Prior to my bond hearing, I met with a woman who calculated those factors as they pertain to me. She determined that I more than qualify for a pretrial release, and she recommended that I await trial at home, not from the confines of jail. Well, that didn't work for the DOJ, not when they could illegally influence the judge to produce the outcome they wanted.
After the judge read out loud the recommended pretrial release for myself, the DOJ was ready to intervene. The judge hit a button so her conversation could not be heard, and a woman walked up to her from the back of the room holding a single piece of paper. The judge would state the lie that a second report was done, and I was determined to be a threat to society. Bond denied. So my comment to that is this. None of the 1,200 J6 political prisoners being held in the Washington, D.C. prison gulag have been released on bond until they have their due process trial. They are all being held under inhumane conditions in jail, many now for more than two years. By contrast, former President Trump, for his Georgia charges and arrest for racketeering and conspiracy charges, was released on a $200,000 bond. We know that these are fake and false charges from a weaponized DOJ. But why does Trump go free on bond? And yet 1,200 J6 prisoners are still in jail with no trial in sight and no bond release? This is truly a mockery of justice. Truly, we are living in the days described from the scripture, from Isaiah 59, verses 14 and 15. Justice is turned back, and righteousness stands far off. Truth has fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. Then the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no justice. Father, we lift up the 1,200 J6 political prisoners to you today. We ask for justice and truth to prevail. We ask that they be given speedy trials from their home courts and not in the Washington, D.C. swamp. We ask that they be released on bond, even as former President Trump was released on bond. We ask that this weaponized DOJ system be exposed dismantled, taken down, and replaced with true and righteous judges who are not bought off by the deep state regime. We appeal to the courts of heaven, and we appeal to you, Father God, our righteous judge. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. There's another news story I'd like to cover that, again, it relates to these scriptures that we've read from Isaiah 59 about justice has been turned back and truth has fallen in the streets. And um, it's a story coming from Dinesh D'Souza, and he's done a number of really excellent documentaries, including 2000 Mules, which really showed the evidence of the fact that our election was stolen back in 2020. And so Dinesh D'Souza is going to release a new film, a new documentary entitled Police State. Next month, a chilling account of America's political persecution. Again, this comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it was published on September 21st. 
So let me just share the information. Filmmaker and conservative activist Dinesh D'Souza has collaborated with Dan Bongino on a chilling new film called Police State. The movie will hit theaters on October 23rd and 25th. The Gateway Pundit previously wrote multiple stories about his earlier film, 2000 Mules, which D'Souza says presents conclusive proof that the 2020 presidential election was stolen from President Trump. Conservative actor Nick Searcy, who is best known for playing Sheriff Art Mullen in Justified, plays a villainous role in the movie as the face of federal law enforcement enforcing the two-tiered justice system in America. D'Souza said in an interview with One America News, he explains why he decided to make the film. These are his words. It's a film that I never wanted to make, in part because I never wanted America to get to a point where this kind of film needed to be made. We see a lot of things in our country. We take separately news about mass surveillance, digital censorship, political targeting, and then political prisoners suddenly turning up in our country. All of these are signature elements of dictator regimes. I've been in this country for more than 40 years. I'm so used to thinking of us as the free world, and then China, North Korea, Cuba, or the old Soviet Union as the unfree world. But now, I'm not so sure. Abba, we cry out to you. Our nation, truth has fallen in the streets, and there is no justice that comes forth out of our courts. The whole system has become corrupt. There is no justice. There is no truth. Abba, we ask Yeshua that you would come and come soon and come quickly. We have political prisoners being persecuted in jails in the Washington, D.C. gulag. We have people being targeted because they are pro-life and they stood in front of an abortion clinic and silently, quietly prayed. And they're being targeted, persecuted, brought to court, put in jail, sentenced. Oh, Abba, people are afraid of the government now because of how it's being misused and mishandled and turned against the very people that they are supposed to serve. Yeshua, we cry out to you. We cry out to you for justice. We cry out to you for righteousness. We cry out to you that we could once again live in peace and in safety and not in fear of our own government. We look to you, Yeshua, and we ask that you would deliver us, that you would redeem us, that you would protect us, that you would come and set things right. Please come, Yeshua. Please come. In Yeshua's name, amen.